Up next, point and click radio. Beaming into the future as we speak. I'm Bob Lawton. I don't have your I don't have your audio. I don't have your audio up. Um, oh, PC. I'm Bob Lawton. And I'm Jim Hyde. And now can you hear me? Yes, I had the PC. Yeah. I, I didn't have the PC channel up. Oh man. It turns out that the future is an imperfect place. Just as the no, it, it turns out the future is two-factor authentic uh, authentication. <laughs> the, the, the future involves having to type in a code that it was sent to an email address that you can't access <laughs> unless you can get into the computer. Boy, if that isn't ah uh, yes, that's catch twenty twenty. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I like that. Very good. Yeah, catch twenty twenty. Yeah, just on the, spur, on the spur of the moment, yeah. Ah, just off I'm the top of my head. Catch impressed. 2020. <laughs> All right. Well, okay, here we are. Um, better late than never, unlike square dancing, where it's better never than late. Um, <laughs> That's right. Um, he's Jim Hyde. I'm Bob Lawton. And you have uh, our underwriting up and ready to go. I do. Um, except I now I need to find which browser. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <clears throat> yes, indeed, because, you know, because in this world, you deal with uh, pixels, not paper. Anyway, yes. Hi, everybody. Support for KZYX comes from our listeners and Mendocino Coast Clinics. Mendocino Coast Clinics is currently providing free COVID-19 surveillance testing in Fort Bragg with results back in less than a week. Testing is open to everyone. Call from an appointment today at 
To learn more, visit, visit MCC online at MendocinoCoastClinics.org. And support for KCOAX also comes from our members and Further Reach, a local provider of high-speed Internet to the Mendocino Coast and Anderson Valley. Information is at FurtherReach.net. Very good, Jim. How are you? I'm, I'm, um, I'm as well as anyone can be is expected to be on a day such as this. How's that? Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Well, um, I'm happy we're on the air. This is, uh, this is a delight to be in the new Ukiah studio and you and I are, are, our heads are only about five inches apart on the computer screen. So <laughs> about, about, about 520 pixels apart, 520 <laughs> pixels apart. Yes. But, uh, our bodies are, are 40 or 50 miles apart and uh, we're definitely socially distanced in real life. <laughs> Yes, we are practicing. Uh, in fact, I've got my socially distant T-shirt on here. Oh, good. So you can look at your radios and see it. Yes. Um, yeah, we are operating under what might be uh, might be termed point and click uh, 2.0, the brave new world, the new normal. Yes. Where um, Bob is taking advantage of the lovely new studio in Ukiah, which yes. is very convenient to him, um, and I am in my house. Um, with a high-speed internet connection and a very high-quality microphone connected to that Ukiah studio via the Zoom software. So, oh yes, you wouldn't believe all the little been, wouldn't believe all the little hops and jumps it has to make to get from your house to here and then out onto the radio. It's a complicated process. It is, and I have nothing but praise for the engineering team at KZYX. The studio is gorgeous. The equipment is wonderful. I just need to make up my own cheat sheet of all the things I have to do. And one of them is to get here. I have to allow Microsoft time <laughs> so that I can <laughs> exactly. get the computer up. Yes. Uh, yeah. got to pay the Windows tax. <laughs> the Windows tax. Yes. The tax of my time. Anyway, um, it, it's great to be here. And uh, there is no NPR election coverage right now. We are on live coming to you over KZYX. This is a locally originating program. Um, I really think tonight we should um, share the air with our listeners. So I want to get people to call in. And um, you and I have a couple of uh, uh, um, sidebar type things to put up we don't have a dedicated yeah. show to new apple products or new microsoft products or what's going on with the doj and google or anything like that tonight right <laughs> so no new um, apple products yet anyway we'll talk about that there's rumors of well uh, we might do that sidebar first <laughs> cool tell us yeah well um yeah, first of all, I think we should at least just uh, speak to the speak to the election, not from any opinionated viewpoint, but from a news um, and information standpoint. Um, if you're like any, if you're li anything like me, you've been, let's say, semi obsessively checking on election results uh, since polls began to close yesterday, and there are a couple of fantastic web resources for that. Of course, a great resource is the very station that you're listening to, but also, on the web, um, a couple of the major newspapers, the New York Times and the Washington Post, uh, and CNN has them too, and there are a bunch of other um, sources where you can display really detailed election maps down to the county level. One of the big things that you hear the pundits talking about on, on uh, TV news networks is the fact that um, as election results come in from various counties, do those counties tend to trend red or do they trend tend to trend blue and you can 
get that same kind of very granular, detailed statistics by going to um, NY Times, the New York Times website, um, or WashingtonPost.com. Both sites have those big electoral maps on their home pages, and they're free. You don't have to be a subscriber. It's also worth mentioning because I got the little pop-up. I wanted to try the New York Times site in a um, in a in a private browser in a cog incognito in an igno Whoa, yeah incognito. I got in it. an incognito window so that I could make sure that it was indeed free. And I was reminded by my browser with a pop-up coming saying that as a Mendocino Coast resident, you are eligible for a free subscriber, uh, free access through the public library system. To the New York so, Times? To the New York Times, yeah. Through the library? Oh, through man. the library. Just, you know, just, just register. So um, that's, a, that's, that's kind of a cool thing to keep in mind, folks. You can get uh, you can get access to the New York Times for uh, for nothing. Apparently, it just kind of detects where you are because I didn't. I was in an in an in, I was a private in a private browsing window. There, how's that? And it still got through, huh? And it's well, it, it recognized my IP address, so that part you can't hide unless you're on a VPN or something. Right. Um, right. Yeah. WashingtonPost.com, NYTimes.com. I'm sure there are lots of others. I didn't check FoxNews.com because that's how I roll. But um, on the home pages, you will find these really detailed state-level maps that you can then drill into on the county level. So they have colors. They have, they color it county by county as you go through the different areas on the map. Correct. Yeah. Oh, that's really cool. I think I remember that from four years ago. And you can mouse over. I'm looking, you know, I'm at I'm looking at uh, Michigan's or Wisconsin's map here, and you can mouse yeah. over individual ones to see kind of what percentage of the vote has come in, um, which candidate has gotten what percentage of the vote, uh, and that sort of thing. So if you're paying close attention to those states that are still in play, Arizona, um, Nevada, Georgia, North Carolina, Pennsylvania, you can uh, you can obsess to your heart's content yeah, on the web, yeah. even as you listen to Bob and I. <laughs> right, exactly. And just take take a break to call in. The phone number is 895-2448, area code 707-895-2448. That's the number in the Philo studio, but through the miracle of technology and our wonderful KZYX engineers, it actually rings right here in the Ukiah studio. Isn't that amazing? Pretty cool, pretty yeah. cool. So um, Apple has a, uh, a new... Um, Event. I mean, they've had event after event after event, and and in a kind of a tongue-in-cheek ironic way, they titled this one "One More Thing." <laughs> Tip of the hat to Jeeves, Steve, Steve Jobs. Yep. Uh, line that he would often say at the end of his keynote addresses, and then he'd unveil some other cool thing that we'd all want to buy. Um, his famous line, yes. And what the rumors appear to be pointing to is a update of the MacBook Pro, Apple's a higher-end laptop line, and quite likely the first Apple hardware or Apple Mac hardware that will have the new Apple Silicon chips at their hearts rather than the Intel chips. And we can talk about that more in the show if we get a little long in calls, but if you want to grab that call, Bill, uh, Bill, hi, Bill. Hi. If you want to grab that, hi, Joe. that, that call, Bill, then feel, feel free to. Yes. Um. Well, I think I want to finish this first, and then then we'll start answering the phone calls. Um, 
Apple has lots of silicon in all of their portable devices, those ARM yeah. chips as they're known. But this is, they've been with Intel since 2006, I believe, when Steve Jobs announced the switch over at uh, Macworld. And I don't think they would switch chips uh, in shipping products without having an event. It might not be Macworld anymore, but it would be something from the uh, flying saucer down in Cupertino. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and there's a few re reasons that Apple has said that have that they've done that uh, to get better battery life. I mean, all of the Apple Silicon—that's Apple's name for it, capital A, capital S, Apple Silicon—for um, their own chips are currently, as Bob said, powering Apple's mobile devices, the iPhones and the iPods. So this will be the the first debut of the Apple Silicon chips in a Macintosh. In this case the MacBook Pro line. Uh, the last time that, and of course, Apple doesn't pre-announce. This is what people have speculated and, and ferreted out through the rumor mill. But the last time that the MacBook Pros were updated in any meaningful way was last November, and November of last year. And that's a long time in the computer business. And Apple typically updates things on an annual basis. We see that with the iPhone. We see that with the iMac. And um, I think we're going to see it with the MacBook Pro on the, when is it, the 16th, I think. The bottom line for, for oh no, never, November 10th, next November week. November 10th, yeah, next week. So we'll be and, able to talk about that in more detail two weeks from tonight. Indeed. And the, the, what I think people are really waiting to see is because this is a new chip, it basically speaks a different internal language than the Intel chips that are running the Max line, the Macintosh line now, is in order to get existing software to be able to run, Apple has to insert this little kind of middleman, this little piece of translation code that Apple calls Rosetta, as in Rosetta Stone. And basically it tricks older software that hasn't been updated yet for the Apple Silicon chips, it tricks that older software into running on that new Apple Silicon. And it just basically does, it's a, it's, it acts as an interpreter, if you will, in the middle. And as you can tell, whenever you're listening to a conversation that involves an interpreter, things slow down a little bit. A little bit, There's that yeah. translation, pro translation process. Sure. So it's going to be very interesting to see what kind of performance um, penalty, if there is any, that the new Rosetta, uh, that layer, that compatibility layer introduces. What all of this means if for you out there in Radioland, if you're in the market for a new MacBook Pro, for one thing, don't buy anything between now and the 10th so that you can at least learn exactly what is available. The rumor mills are saying, well, it might only be the 13-inch ones. It might be the 13-inch ones and the 16-inch ones, the, the smaller screen and the bigger screen. So there's a lot we don't know. Right. There are some rumors saying they're going to have a 13-inch uh, MacBook Pro a 13 a 16-inch MacBook Pro and a 13-inch MacBook Air with the Apple Silicon possibly that's what like Bloomberg and some other you know usually reliable rumor sources are predicting but um the, the other thing is well the last time and anything with the name MacBook Pro was updated was back in May when they did a little boost on the MacBook Pro 13-inch yeah but um that's the only thing in 2020 um but this is um it's interesting that they're having a third event. I'm actually kind of excited about that because I think they're going to, well, 
they would probably introduce the the next uh, the upcoming version of the Mac OS, which I think is uh, what Catalina. No, I can't remember. Big, Big Sur. Sur. Big Sur. That's right. It's Big Sur. Um, so they'll probably do that. Um, yeah. But my barometer or uh, my indicator for what might be coming in the pipeline is what Apple is trying to churn out in their refurb store, and they've been pushing those 16-inch MacBook Pros for six months now. Uh, I mean, yeah. ju- just really. Normally, if there's some hot item Apple has and you want to get a refurb, you might have to wait a couple weeks for the channel to fill up with available product. This channel has not been empty for six months, so they are shoveling out the 16-inch MacBook Pros in probably in anticipation of this new model they're going to ship. I'm excited, and I'm also excited about this other news that I read uh, just today on the Mac Rumor site. Apple is working on a redesigned Mac Pro with yes. a smaller form factor. So maybe we're going to have a, well, we've got an iPhone mini and a Mac mini. Maybe we're going to have a Mac Pro mini, which I think would really be cool, especially if they stuffed some Apple silicon in there and came up with, uh, you know, a completely new product like that and lower the price by about $5,000. <laughs> maybe something, yeah, maybe something shaped like a cube. <laughs> yes, made out of a transla- translucent acrylic. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. I like it. Yes, the cube. But the, the, the whole transition is going to be interesting. You know, Apple's the, the big advantages for the a- Apple Silicon is one, Apple is claiming that it's going to be much faster, that Apple has been able to kind of optimize the design of the chip in a way that Intel, which is a more of an off-the-shelf chip, um, has not been able to do. And also that it per- has the potential to have a lot better battery life. And that makes sense. Because the Apple Silicon chips have been designed for mobile devices, iPhones, iPads, where battery life is really a paramount design consideration. So a laptop that is a lot faster and that gets really awesome battery life is a, is a, is a real nice combination. But again, there will be big questions about how fast it is with older software and obviously all the big mainstream stuff that everybody uses your browsers and you know adobe software and microsoft office and all that stuff that's going to all be updated very quickly um it might even be already compatible and we don't even know it because those that hardware is not out yet but um it'll be important to see kind of what kinds of um, performance or compatibility issues there might be with the brand new macbook pros running apple silicon chips instead of intel chips until that older software is updated to not have to use that rosetta middleman translation layer right right okay we do have a caller and i think we'll go to the phones hi you're on the air oh hi i have a question about my sometimes slow HughesNet satellite internet service and um, my friend in L.A. pays the same monthly fee and gets unlimited data, whereas I'm limited to so many gigabytes. Mm. And But anyway, I guess that's the price of living in a rural area. Yes. Well, well not necessarily. That's more of a, probably a factor of the kind of plan that you have versus the plan that your friend has. That might well, be something. Well, we pay the same change. monthly fee. And, huh. Yeah. Um, and when, when I lived in Arcata, um, my internet seemed to be limitless. I, well, anyway, my question really is about how to improve 
the speed and the buffering of my internet service, and I see this Zen helper, booster, stopper, Zen something, little box that you add on for about $40. Are you familiar with that? And it helps. Um, uh, I don't know that that would be... The first thing that I would look at, for one thing, you you should indeed, um, so this is a, a, a kind of a sporadic problem. Sometimes it's much slower than other times. Yes, and um, according to the um, sales pitch for the this device, and there's several of them on the market, um, they say that the server often just slows down the speed or... Um, I don't know, whatever. But anyway, this little box evidently stops the long um, time it takes for the computer, the laptop, to load up. And often it's slow to move. And uh, have you heard of this little thing, this little box, Zen something or other? Helper, stopper, movers. <laughs> I, I haven't. I have not. I'm just doing a search for things relating to Zen, but it's kind of hard to, without knowing what the exact product name is, it's hard. But I think I'd, I'd like to step back and, and address a few kind of basic things that, for one thing, um, you've got to make sure that you have a nice, clear, unobstructed view to the southeast with, for your satellite dish. If there are if there are some trees that might be growing near there where maybe they're blowing in the wind and sometimes they can be interfering with the signal, that can really affect the speed. Um, just even simple things like if you've noticed it's kind of just gotten slower than it used to be, um, you could call whoever installed it to just make sure that it is properly aligned. You know, we're on a we're in a part of the world where the Earth is always moving, <laughs> and um, the alignment of satellite dishes can be pretty uh, pretty pretty uh, precise or requires a certain degree of precision. So, if the ground has settled a little bit, or your house has settled a little bit, or has been blown around in the wind, or you've got some trees that have grown that weren't there a few years ago or a year ago that are blowing around in the wind, all of those things could be making it slower. So I would well, first make sure that all loading. that physical and stuff is, is good. Once it's up and running, it's fine. Okay, so you are getting a decent amount of speed um, when it is running. But you, one of your, I think when you started talking, you said uh, one of your complaints was about the uh, the data caps, and you said your yeah. friend in LA has unlimited data, and you are limited by the provider. Is that what that what the case is? Right. Well, and yes, and. Um, it used to be 10 gigabytes you get from 8 a.m. until 2 a.m. in the morning. Um, and then you get more overnight from 2 a.m. to 8 a.m. But when I renewed my contract, I um, got a bonus up to 20 gigabytes a month. And um, uh, so, and I can always buy more if I run out, but it just, um, so it seems to be something about living in a city that... And now you do know, too, that um, with any of those data plans, if you exceed that limit, they will throttle your speed way back. Right, I know that, and um, I try not to do that. I just want to make sure that that's not the problem that you might be encountering from time to time. Oh, no, I 
keep checking my usage because ah, okay. um well, that's good. and if there's something I if I really want to watch some movies, I just wake myself up in the middle of the night when I get the hmm. the you know between two a m and eight a m yes <laughs> but um so the night shift the, yeah, yeah, so you haven't found that zen helper or zen stopper or something um do you <laughs> I, I where where you live that. can you get a good cellular signal does your cell phone work there is it might it be possible to switch to a a, a cellular uh provider for your internet instead of satellite well i don't have a cell phone but people that come to visit that have sprint or verizon or whatever um they can um use their cell phone off of my internet and they don't have any problem oh right but that's using the cell phone off your internet which is but yeah. what i was wondering if is instead of using a satellite dish you could use um, a cellular hotspot so this is like the uh part of the cell phone that connects to the cellular network but you use it for internet rather than for voice calls well i i prefer to use my laptop and i don't want to have a cell phone or a smartphone no, this is not a cell phone it's instead of having wi-fi you you have a device that goes and reaches to the cell tower signal to provide your internet connection rather than the having a satellite it it uses the cellular technology but it's like i said it's not for phone calling it's for making the connection to the internet oh do you know the name of the that out. I think they all do, don't do you? Every every major provider has some kind of a version. I mean, if you were to go to the search engine of your choice and just do, you know, cell modem and then whatever, you know, if you know what kind of uh, whose cell service is available. Well, there's other people with cell phones can't get reception here. They there's, can't. There's no. There's. Oh, okay. Well, then that's yeah. That's not an option. That's not a. So I did just yeah. find the Zen booster thing, and I don't think that's. Do you have any interest to you? It is a, it's a Wi-Fi booster, so it improves the strength of the wireless signal um, yeah. in your house, but it doesn't make the satellite internet any faster. Um, well, and, but that, that is a good question, though, that to make to make sure. Like when you are you using a laptop with a yeah. uh, over Wi-Fi mm -hmm. to talk to your to access your HughesNet? Yeah. And yeah. and I it, don't have once I. Once it gets going, it just um, sometimes uh, gets slow, and it seems to take a while to load up. Anyway, that, that was... The, it, when uh, it's in the same exact location in your house, or does it get slower in parts, certain parts of your house? Well, I don't move it around much. Um, oh, okay. But All I've right. heard that that could be a problem, and, but I keep it in one place. And most of the time, it's fine. And, um, but I just wondered if you were familiar with this Zen Booster thing. Um, what, yeah, it's, what part it's of the not, county? I think it's the answer to your problems. It's, um, I'm it's in a, northern it's Mendocino makes County. makes Wi-Fi signal stronger in your house. Uh, I'm sorry, where, where, where are you located? In northern Mendocino County? Yeah. Um, is there anybody up there providing um, line-of-sight Wi-Fi? Uh, you know, they use... Uh, transmitter on top of a nearby mountain and, and i don't have a there is no line cottom peak is the closest but there's no line of sight to that oh okay from where i am yeah yeah and because uh, there's so many canyons and hills 
it's here. Yeah. But, um, but uh, well, maybe um, if you had nothing better to do, you could check out the Zen booster. And see if- no, I've been. I've looked at it, and I can tell you, it's not the answer to your to your prayers because it is just oh, something okay. that makes the Wi-Fi within your house stronger so you could move to you know more corners of your house and still get a nice strong wi-fi signal but it's not going to make the satellite itself any faster okay thanks okay well thank you yeah thanks for calling good luck there's so many different things that can affect you know your connection speed yeah so so many potential you know bottlenecks yeah, so that uh, it it gives your Y more phi, the, the Zen device. <laughs> That's a good way of putting it, yes. Okay. Yeah. The best way to get the best internet speed out of whatever connection you have is to not use Wi-Fi at all and plug it in with a cable. Oh, you yeah. You use automatically off the top um, 20% of your internet speed by using Wi-Fi instead of an ethernet cable. So um, if you have a device with an ethernet port, you can get 20% more uh, speed? Yep. Yep. I, I didn't. I never knew that. One of the founders of Further Reach told me that. He said, don't use, which is ironic given that they're a wireless internet provider. So he said, yeah, well, don't use, use a cable. Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, I think a lot of people plug things like their um, Apple TVs and devices like that right into Wi-Fi, uh, right into the Ethernet, because why wouldn't you? I mean, about the only reason you need Wi-Fi is if you want to walk around the house with your laptop or yeah. something like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. But that's good to know. Um, I wonder if it's the case uh, if your if your service is provided by a Wi-Fi provider. You know, um, a uh, no. The, uh, the 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 point of failure is the Wi-Fi itself. It's just you know the radio waves are not as efficient as a good old fastened piece of, of copper wire. Right. But I'm I'm thinking you know at my house the signal comes in over the air from a nearby mountaintop over Wi-Fi, and then I send it around the house on another Wi-Fi. So I'm wondering if I'm losing more speed that way. You would get faster speed if you plugged right into the router. I could do that. I have a cable up in the attic yeah. that I can yeah, pull, do a, pull do down. Do a speed test between the two, and you will see, you will see a big... I should check that out. You'll see the difference. Yeah. Um, we have a call, as you can tell by the lights flashing off of my glasses. Back to the phones. Hi, caller. Oops, I don't hear anybody. Oh, it's because I have the phone potted down. Oh, hi. I'm sorry. Could you start over? I, I had you turned down. Okay. Um, I just wanted to point out, since you mentioned uh, using a plug-in Ethernet connection rather than Wi-Fi in, inside your house to get uh, to get more speed out of your whatever uh, broadband access you have, um, I have... I have um, both um, a local sort of a broadband provider as well as broadband via my Verizon, you know, contract. And I have, I got uh, Ethernet connectors not just for my laptop, but for my iPhone and for my iPad. You can buy these little converters so that you can plug your iPhone and your iPad directly into the Ethernet. Wow. Are they, are, so really? they, they're USB converters that go into the uh, charging port of the, of the devices? Yeah, you need you need a you need a powered USB connection, so it does have to plug in, um, and and then you need a, a converter that, that plugs in, you know, that has an Ethernet dongle on one end and a, and a, a, a um, lightning connector on the other end, um, and that and that and and your your iPhone and your iPad will tell you 
something like, uh, you know, they will pretend that they don't know what's happening, but if you go into settings, you'll see that the, if Ethernet shows up, it's connected. Wow. Uh, and that is so cool. And you are correct. I just did a search, and you're right. If you do a search for Internet or if you do a search for um, Ethernet and iPad or Ethernet and iPhone, you'll get a whole bunch of them. Belkin, our, you know, a company that makes dongles and adapter adapters for every single thing in the world. Yes. They make them. Um, that's really a really great tip. It is. I'm going yeah, to order mine tonight. You can put your iPhone and your iPad into airplane mode and turn off your Bluetooth. And, and you've got, you know, for people who are concerned about having these devices next to them all the time, you know, sure. broadcasting. If you're, in air, if you're in airplane mode and your Bluetooth is turned off and your wireless is turned off and you're connected to the Ethernet, you know, you, you, that should make some people feel more comfortable about this kind of thing. That's fascinating. A, it, that's that a great so, idea. That's so cool. Yeah, airplane mode with an Ethernet cable. Ethernet with an Ethernet <laughs> cable, and you're going to get faster speed too. So that's you know Absolutely. whether or not you have uh, concerns about the Wi-Fi or not, you'll get it's just going to be faster. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to order mine great, tonight. Great for upgrading your device too, or for downloading large apps and things. You know, it's it's just a lot better speed. Oh yeah, uh, I think it it took um like three hours to update my Apple Watch. <laughs> because it has to it has to dribble it out of the iPhone over into the watch, you know, wirelessly because there are no ports on the iPhone. But I think um, if you had it plugged into an Ethernet cable, it would certainly speed up the downloading process. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Wow. You get a gold... Yeah, the, 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 you, connector, the Ethernet connector is sold on the Apple website and, and the powered USB thing, you know, you can get anywhere. So. That's and, a, and if you just if you just Google well, like you just said, if you just Google, you know, iPad, iPhone, Ethernet connection, you'll you'll find you'll find sites that tell you exactly how to do it. That's yeah. really great. Now, if anybody listening law kind of lost the thread of what we're talking about, most of your Wi-Fi routers, the thing you have sitting in your living room that was provided by whoever your, uh, you know, AT and T or SonicNet or whoever your provider is, has an ethernet port which is for a copper wire cable kind of like a telephone a landline telephone mm -hmm. cable and most people just plug into their wi-fi and you know put the settings and the password in and and they're off and running but um like we've been talking about um tonight uh like jim brought up you lose a lot of the uh, potential speed especially for downloads uh yeah. by doing it over wi-fi in any way that you can plug into ethernet is good. It requires an Ethernet cable and a device that will accept the Ethernet connection, which is mm -hmm. most laptops and just about you know all desktops as far as I know. So instead of running your home systems on only Wi-Fi, you can actually cable into the um, the Wi-Fi router that that's providing your internet internet signal. Yeah, and I set it up so that I have an Ethernet cable coming from where the thing comes into the house, you know, the little box that comes into the house. Right. And I have an Ethernet cable running to, to the areas where I spend most of my time, and there I have a little box that, that splits the Ethernet. Um, and then I have one cable running to my bed, one to my desk, and one to the kitchen, and so I can plug in everywhere I want to plug in. Wow. How do you avoid tripping over all those cables? No, 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 no. I I have them, you know, along the wall and under furniture and things, because they stay there. Once they're there, they stay there. Oh, good. Yeah. Great tip. Thanks a lot. Really great tip. You're welcome. Really great tip. All right. And I just look here to Belkin, the company that I mentioned, the company that makes every imaginable adapter and dongle known to man. Right. Um, sell one for, uh, theirs is 99 bucks. 
And it also provides power, um, as our caller said, so you can charge it at the same time. And um, now, will this uh, will the, is this only for one type of device? Like, will it only work with the Lightning port, or is there a way to switch the connection from the? This particular one is just Lightning, so it would okay. work with any you know modern iPhone or iPad. Not iPad, because the pros all have USB-C. Oh, true. Good point. You need you need a dongle for that. Yeah, you would need a dongle. <laughs> but I'm just I wondering. If come out with. I, I I think there might be, there might be USB-C to Lightning dongles, but I don't think there's Lightning to USB-C dongles. So we'll have to. Uh, We'll have to uh, put on our dongle hats and start looking for. Oh, well, for here's one. Here's a here's a for thirty eight dollars, not ninety nine dollars. Uh, there's a USB C to Ethernet multiport power uh, adapter. Oh, okay. Yeah, and there's yeah there are. So if you just add USB C to whatever you're searching for on the search engine for your of your choice. Right, because it would be good. It would be good to be able to use. Uh, I mean, if you were having different devices like a laptop, an iPhone, an iPad, and you wanted to do that type of connection to download an update or stream, or you know, download a large movie or something like that, you'd want to have different types of connectors on the on the end that goes into the device. Yeah. Oh, well, now I just found one on Amazon. Uh-oh. <laughs> There's a USB-C Ethernet adapter that also has three USB ports. <laughs> oh, jeez. And it costs $12. So uh -oh. there you go. So there's no <laughs> It catches on fire after five minutes. <laughs> well, buy five of them and, and yeah. buy or buy one and use the money you save on the Belkin one to buy yeah. a fire extinguisher. Um, we've got a call coming in. I'm going to get to it in just one second. But I was delighted to see that Apple Watch now supports standalone Spotify streaming. I mean, how oh, cool yeah. how cool is that? All you need right. like if you're going for a run and you want to listen to your tunes, you don't have to pack your phone along. Yeah. If you um have an Apple Watch, uh you can stream Spotify right to your your um wireless earbuds. Let's go to the phones. Hi caller, you're on the air. Oh, hi. Hey, uh, I I I question about an email I got and uh and maybe sort of a warning, but it was uh it was to me. It said uh, your UPS do bill is due or something like that. Ah, yes. So I opened it and got uh, some great pictures of some people in Asia. Are they coming so by UPS? I, <laughs> I don't really know what it was about, but I quickly hung up. Or oh, good. Clicked off or whatever. Yeah, those are common scams to you know to say Bank of America or your. Um, AT&T bill, or you have a U UPS delivery that's scheduled, and they're just, um, what Jim, what category of spam is that? I forget. Is that phishing? <laughs> it's not necessarily phishing, because they're not getting you to to uh, enter a password anywhere, you know. Well, right. they, they might be. They might be, because I, I, maybe it is phishing, because they want you to think it's really from UPS or FedEx or something. Your package is scheduled for delivery tomorrow, and you're supposed to go in and click on right. the link. And right. then they want you to type in your social security number and all that kind of stuff. Oh, no. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, yeah. for, for people who, who fall for those things. I, I, I know. And, and, and so oftentimes you can stop spot those if you look at them real carefully, and you'll see typos or weird capitalization. Just yeah, I, I was looking for that giveaways. stuff, and it didn't happen, and, and that's why I clicked on the link. You know, okay, maybe I owe UPS some money. Yeah. And uh, then yeah. all of a sudden, 
looked like a, uh, uh, what do you call it, a boiler shop or something, where uh, you got all these people sitting around working the phones. Yes, a boiler room operation. That's what they used to yeah. call them back in the 30s. <laughs> they were all like Kazakhs or something, you know. They were <laughs> just a crazy group of people. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, not, not to worry too much. Well, um, the best thing to do in a case like that is if, uh, now, what kind of device? Is this on a computer or on a phone? Oh, yeah, it was on a laptop, yeah. Um, in, your ma- laptop, in, your mail client, in your mail client, you should be able to display additional fields besides the subject of the email. And a lot of times those mails will actually say who the sender is, and it won't be UPS or FedEx. It'll oh, be, okay. It'll be so some mail client. Go to Thunderbird, which is what I'm using. And yeah, open the column called open the column called from, and a lot of times they don't aren't aren't able to disguise that, or they don't bother to disguise that. And, and okay, you, cool. You can see that it's just a fake. And whatever you do when you get an email like that, or you know, please open the enclosed invoice for details never open one of those attachments no never open the attachment oh no yeah i don't i don't do attachments either this is just a link there you go yeah okay well thanks a lot guys thanks for calling good luck all right bye-bye stay safe yes and thanks for listening we've had great calls tonight this is wonderful i guess everybody's not glued to the election results we're 43 minutes into point and click radio oh and i forgot to mention this is kzyx and kzyz philo willits and ukiah mendocino county public broadcasting you're listening to point and click radio the bi-weekly computer show the special post non-election edition of point and click radio (laughs) we got another call let's go to the phones hi you're on the air Oh, hi. Hey, somebody mentioned Thunderbird, and that brings up my huge problem. Wait, oops, trying to make this go down. Is the radio on? Sorry. Okay. Yeah, I pushed the wrong button, wrong arrow. Anyway, um, my huge problem is Thunderbird. It constantly is saying Thunderbird is not responding, and it won't do anything. It can't do anything. If I... If, if it's doing anything like deleting a mail, it's not responding. Or if it's um, adding, um, delivering a mail, it's not responding. It, and it's just driving me crazy. It's, it's so bad that I don't even want to use it anymore. Hmm. There I is, I'm to, actually I looking to, here... Um, on uh, on the web for some potential troubleshooting. Yeah, are you using um, Are you using a Mac or Windows? Oh, Windows. Windows. Yeah. There are a few. There are a few um, troubleshooting tips that I found here. If you go to Google or the search engine of your choice, uh, and you type Thunderbird email not responding the very first hit is a, an article on medium that has some advice that involves it's a few things you can try uh disabling windows search is one thing um i i missed that because there was a blank space if you go to search engine of my choice and then what oh and then just search for search for the phrase thunderbird email not responding okay and you'll see a lot of 
instructions uh, or a lot of people with a similar problem, some of whom are just hoping to try to get uh, try to get some uh, some insights from other users. But there are a few articles there that you might try. There are, you know, I don't even, I'm not even kind of on the Thunderbird radar that much. Anyway. Well, it's, it's, st still, it's still maintained. It's, it's still a thing. Thunderbird, I'm at thunderbird.net and they, it says make email easier. Okay. Um, I don't know that much about it. I wonder if they just have it for Mac and Windows. Is it just for computers? I haven't heard of it for portable devices, but I'm wondering. Yeah, as far as I know, it is just a, uh, a systems and languages. Yeah, caller, does that does Thunderbird yeah, tell you? Like... Does Thunderbird tell you when it's time to update to a new version? Have Have you been keeping it current? Yes, in fact, I just recently did update, and then screwy things happened. The correspondence list went away, and then I had to search around, and I finally found how to restore the correspondence list uh -huh. because it wasn't telling me who sent anything and uh, something else scurry happened and I was able to fix that but when I did go on some of these troubleshooting things I, I came on to a thing kind of like where I could tell it to um, download when when uh, opening and I clicked no I don't want to I want it to not do that and it still does it. It hmm. didn't respond to that. Um, what, are you running the latest version of Windows? Well, I keep having it on automatic update, so yes. And No, but, but I mean the, the, the Windows system that you're running Thunderbird on. Is it Windows 10, Windows 7, Windows XP? Oh, yeah, 10. Okay. Yeah. So if you have current versions, uh, well, Jim's, Jim's search suggestion was probably a good place to start troubleshooting because it sounds yeah. like there's a whole laundry list of possibilities. Yeah, it really does. You know, I went to uh, Thunderbird.net, which is the homepage for the Thunderbird software, and there's a link there along the top that says Get Help. And if you type not responding in the search box that appears after that, you'll also get a lot of similar articles. And it might be a kind of painful process of trying different things and seeing if they help. It looks like there are, you know, as there are with anything in computers, there are a lot of different potential um, uh, issues. But at least that's, uh, that's some advice for you to start doing your own detective work and trying to track down exactly where the problem is. Really? Yeah, okay, well, I'm, I mean, I did try a bunch of those things, and hmm. I got a list of, I, when I, I typed in, Thunderbird is constantly not responding, it's making me so crazy, I don't even want to have Thunderbird anymore. And You typed all that in? <laughs> well, <laughs> kind of, but... Um, I first just started with Thunderbird is constantly not responding, and I got a bunch of of articles that have nothing to do with anything that you know that not responding, and I, that was very frustrating. Sounds like you need a new search engine <laughs> as well yeah, as a new yeah. one. <laughs> or that. Go. What about DuckDuckGo? Oh yeah, is that what you're using? Great one. Yeah. And, you know, there is also always an option that more and more people are using these days, and that is accessing your email through a web browser rather than using a email client program like Thunderbird. 
uh, depending um, on who your internet uh, provider is, virtually every internet and email provider these days allows you to sign on to your email through a web browser. Well, and, you know, I have been the, the past week or so, there have been so many emails coming, hundreds a day. So yeah. I go on Pacific.net, and I open uh, up classic email, and they're all listed there, and I delete, 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 yeah. you know, at least half or 60% of them before they can get loaded onto my email. Oh, so you do a preemptive cleaning through the yeah. web interface. Okay. Yeah, now, but I don't do like the Pacific Internet, um, either one of them. Their, their web mails. I don't like them. Yeah, they have the new one and the old one. I use the old one because it has a really good search feature. You can search th uh, through all of the different fields in an email and you can also search through all your inbox and any folders you have and you can either limit it to a single folder or to the you can have it search through your whole um through your whole email system um and i would suggest another thing that works uh handy sometimes too is you just go to your inbox and sort it by the sender you can group it but the advantage of doing a search for each one of the, the emails, each one of the spammers or the ones you don't want to have come into your inbox yeah. is when you use the search feature and it comes up with 50 emails, there's a, a link called toggle all and you don't have to go click, yeah. click, click. It just does all of them. Oh yeah. And then, and then you delete them from yeah. that, from that way. So that's a, that's a tip. And that's, that's much, uh, usually that's much more easily done in uh, webmail than than the mail client. Like if you want to delete email on the iPhone, you just you just you have to go tap 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 on every single item. Yeah. But it's really easy on Thunderbird because you go to correspondence, which always, in fact, for a long time, that would be not responding. So it'd take a long time to to bring up the correspondence, and then you could just click one and then go past I don't know how many ten twenty fifty. And then put shift and click, and then delete a whole block of them. Oh yeah, really fast and easy. But I haven't found that that's a very easy way to do it on on webmail. Now, one other quick question: um, What version of Windows are you running? I think oh, she said ten. 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 You should have Windows Mail, which is a mail client that is included with Windows Ten. And you could conceive, you could just investigate switching your email program entirely. If you're getting frustrated with uh, with Thunderbird, Windows Mail is kind of a you know uh, junior version of Outlook. It's a good way to kind of think about it. Outlook Junior, okay. It's a, it's a successor to Outlook Express, if you remember uh, Outlook, Outlook right. Express. And that comes um, bundled with Windows 10 now. You should have it on your system. Yeah, oh, okay. it's included with uh, with Windows 10. That's handy. What's, Actually, what's it, Windows, Windows Vista and later, so it. it's been around. I'm sorry, caller, what was that? What's it called if I go to a search for it? Windows, Windows Mail. Mail? Yeah. Mail, yeah. Yeah, just go to that uh, search box and type in Mail, and it should probably come right up. What What is the format like? I mean, I really like the format of Thunderbird. Well, you have to, you know, you have to. I've never check used it, out it, but it's and, yours. And see, yeah, it's, if it's yours not for working for you. Then the format is kind yeah. of irrelevant. <laughs> it's yours for free. Like first, I loved Eudora, and I I hung in with that and it, for a long time, and then that was just totally yeah. out of the question to keep on. But then the Thunderbird had a nice format 
that was pretty much the same. Easy to use. Well, try it out. You you probably have it on your computer. So boot it up, you know, um, set it up for your account, and um, just kind of see how you like it. It doesn't mean it's uh, you won't be able to use Thunderbird anymore. No. If you decide you don't like it, then um, go back to Thunderbird. No, no harm done. You can just delete the uh, delete the account that you created, and then return to. To, to, to troubleshooting Thunderbird. Yes. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know. I think has, have a lot of other people have been having this problem? I've, ne- I've absolutely never used Thunderbird. I just, uh, yeah, I, I too was, a, I used Eudora and then I went to another Mac-based mail client and then I, when Apple started including mail in their operating system, I switched to that. And um, I've never tried Thunderbird, but they're still up and running, so you should be able to find an answer to your question, especially if it's as specific as um, you know running it under a Windows 10 system. There should yeah. be. Okay. Yeah. Okay, good. Well, I'll go on Thunderbird.net. Is that what you said? Yes. Yeah. Thunderbird.net. Yeah. we got to sprint because we're almost out of time, but thanks for Thank calling. You. Bye-bye. So good luck. Okay, bye. Yeah, it's frustrating. Yeah, I know, but the thing is, I like ha- I like the belt and suspenders approach to email, uh, you know, and I, I'm always jumping back and forth between um, the native client on whatever device I'm using and the webmail, like because I, I like the caller. Yeah. I use Pacific uh, Pacific .net webmail, and I use the old one. The new one is actually much slicker, but I'm just all my habits and my address a book and my folders and everything are in the old uh client and i don't want to it's called squirrel mail it's one of those um oh yeah open source uh email i think clients. mcn uses the same the same yeah for probably it's 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 I'm, I'm very happy with it i was very unhappy when they changed servers and didn't have it running for a few months that was very frustrating mm-hmm. i had to do them all my spam deletion in in my uh, apple mail painful yeah it was painful uh, we have another caller, and I'm going to limit them to about a minute. So uh, get your question ready, caller. Uh, hi. That was fast. That was fast, yeah. yeah. That was the fastest question I've ever had. All right, here they are. Let's try it again. Hi, you're on the air. Make it quick. I was wondering if it's possible to set up a laptop with navigation equipment and and a map so that you can walk around on a big piece of property and have it draw a trail line on the map. With Probably. a la- with a laptop. I wonder if you could do that with a tablet cuz that would be a lot easier to to uh carry around. <laughs> I, I don't have a tablet. I have a laptop. Okay. <laughs> if you if you if you go to the search engine of your choice and search for GPS tracking for a laptop. You will get a bunch of um, you'll, you'll get some really cool looking and interesting looking products. Um, there's a lot out there, so you the answer is you probably can. Yeah, and um, I think they have ones that hook up like like with USB to the laptop, isn't that uh, right? Yeah, Garmin I yeah. think makes some a product similar to that. Yeah, exactly. That, 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 would, that would be for the GPS hooking into the laptop somehow. Yeah. Yes, and then uh, you'd have to find software that would do the exact um, operation that you're talking about. I doubt. I, I don't know if it would come with the device itself, although it might. You know, it might have something that would draw a map as you walk around. Yeah. Some. Somewhat. I may well. Yeah. There's. There's. There's a lot of interesting I've, I've looked, stuff there. For, I've, I've yeah, looked just, on the internet a little bit, and I've seen various different ones of those, and I was. I was 
wondering if maybe you might have a recommendation for which one. Nope, and we're out of time. Thanks for calling. Yeah, good luck. Yeah, just uh, do a search for uh, laptop GPS um, hardware, and you'll get a lot of interesting hits back to, to, to research. Ah, uh, yes. As we uh, as we exit to thunderous applause, <laughs> the Thunderbird applause, Thunderbird applause. Yeah, boy, I might have to try Thunderbird. I'm curious. I, I think it's a free program. Yeah, it is. It wouldn't it wouldn't be hard to it wouldn't be bad to just try it out and see, you know. Okay, Jim. Until next time, my friend. All right, two weeks and we'll have more Apple news. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Exactly. And maybe that's even right. some election results too. All right. Good night. Good night, everybody.